Welcome to the F and Alchemy podcast, a safe space for each other and you, our fellow alchemists, created through authentic vulnerability, respect, honesty, and trust. By working through our day-to-day experiences together and being transparent and relatable, we invite you to take comfort in where you currently are in your journey, knowing you are exactly where you're meant to be, you are seen, and you are never alone. Hi, I'm Kate, claircognizant woo goddess of Violet Feather Alchemy, bringing you downloads from the spiritual world. And I'm Amy, audacious empowerment queen of Ethan Creative, daring you to unleash your creatrix. This is the Ethan Alchemy Podcast, where vulnerable synergy begets Ethan magic. Episode 5. Is it intuition in my pocket, or is fear happy to see me? Hello, Alchemist. Today we'll be discussing how to discern your intuition from your fear. This question comes up a lot, asking, is this my intuition guiding me, or am I being driven by fear? Let's make some magic. So how do we discern intuition from fear? I have no idea. (laughs) Just kidding. That is an interesting topic because when I'm talking about like what paralyzes me or what keeps me from moving forward or taking action, it's usually fear-based for sure. And that voice being really loud, really chattery, really rapid, really anxiety-driven of things that haven't even come to pass and and what if scenarios and and all of that where your intuition voice is very calm, very collected, very even keel, very quiet sometimes. Actually, most of the time it's pretty quiet. And letting those racing thoughts like have their say and then be like, all right, cool. Like go have a cookie, go sit down. Like we got this, right? When you can get quiet and when you can focus and think about, all right, I've heard all these external things or, you know, thinking about these different scenarios that haven't even happened. First thing asking is like, one, is this even true? Intuition really loves like yes or no questions at least mine does loves yes or no questions so first off asking like is this even true most of the time it's not in fact 99% of the time it's not true and connecting that feeling in your body but when the answer is yes or when the trajectory of like, should I make this move or should I go in this direction? When that answer is yes, before you even finish asking the question, it's already a resounding yes. Like (laughs) it doesn't even give you a chance to, to finish asking what you want to know because one, you already know that it is or is not. And like I look for a lot of either validation or, you know, looking to the past of things that have happened and, well, that's going to, you know, happen again or this could happen, et cetera. But when I sit down and get quiet and I'm still and I ask 
the right questions, I'm given the answer in a calm way that makes me feel calm. And then that racing factor like isn't even a part of it. It's like, it's very confident. It's very calm. It's even somewhat curious. Like, yeah, like what if, what if in a good way, not if in a, what if in a catastrophic way. Kind of like how Mel Robbins says, what if it all works out? Yes. What if, what if it all works out? (laughs) What if it's all fine? Yeah. And that your intuition isn't going to steer you, you know, in the wrong direction. Like it's your inner compass, it's your inner knowing, it's your inner guidance, it's your higher self, all of those things. It just gets annoying that you have to be so quiet and so tuned in to hear it. Because <laughs> like if there's any other resounding, you know, interference, it's, it's hard to discern between the two at times. It can be, and silence as humans can be very hard, especially if you're if you have a monkey mind, right? It's hard to clear out the chatter to make space for silence to be able to have that discerning factor in that. But I will agree with you that fear is emotionally charged. I know that seems like an oversimplified statement because fear is an emotion, but when you feel like you're making a decision out of fear, you, you're experiencing emotion, and that emotion is fear. Whereas intuition, if you think of like a lake on a non-windy day and how it's just got that mirror-like glass finish and how it's just steady and undisturbed, it's kind of almost like a neutral state of making a decision out of intuition. Like there's no, it's not emotionally charged. Like you said, it just kind of is. For me, the way that I I discern intuition is it's more of like a push versus a pull. If I'm being pushed towards something or if I feel like I'm being pushed towards something or forced towards something, that's my fear talking like, oh shit, I better do this because if I don't, then X, Y, Z. So I look at more like, am I feeling like I'm pushed or am I feeling like I'm being pulled towards something? And for me, when it's my intuition, it's like, it's a relentless pull towards something. I don't want to use nagging, but it kind of is relentless in a, in that way, right? Mm-hmm. It, it keeps eating at you or or knocking, you know, on your door and at first it knocks softly and then it starts to get a little bit louder and then it starts banging and it's like, let me in. But I look at it as intuition in a, I'm being pulled towards something and that pull has the magnetism with it. So if I'm really being, feel like I'm being called or pulled to do something and I start following that, then all of the things that kind of go along with facilitating that start to magnetize to me and my efforts and my decision making so that I'm being supported on that pull towards going towards the best possible decision for myself. Whereas fear it feels very different like that. It feels like you're being like like a tidal wave is swooping over you and you have no control over it and you feel like you're being forced into doing something. It just feels kind of icky on the inside like you know, I don't I don't want to be doing this. And that's a really simple question that 
if you do have, you know, any kind of question about whether it's fear or whether it's intuition, it's just ask yourself, do I want to be doing whatever it is that has come up for me? You know, and sometimes that can just be the best starting point for that discernment of that is to kind of figure out, do I want to be doing this? And then go from that point. But I think once you start to to really get in tune with yourself, it's a practice just like anything else. But I think over time, the two feelings, whereas maybe if you're if you have been a little bit inexperienced and it can be kind of a blurry or fine line telling the difference between the two, it becomes more polarized the more aware you become and the more practice you get at at the discernment between the two, it it becomes like, oh yeah, I'm feeling very, very pulled or attracted to doing this thing. Or, oh, I feel like I'm being pushed and I feel like I'm being forced and this is very uncomfortable and this doesn't, this doesn't feel aligned with who I am or what my beliefs are or, you know, just misaligned in some way with either your, your being or your actions. I even use it for like invites to, you know, social gatherings or what have you. Like if I know that something is meant for me to go and arrange it so I can be there or whatever, you know, asking my question and I even do the exercise. It sounds so dumb, but like I'll stand with both feet planted on the ground and kind of close my eyes, take a couple breaths, you know, center and then ask myself like, is it the right move to go to this place or do this thing or whatever. And my body like will literally either lean forward or lean back with, again, before I even finish like asking the question. And I'm able to make that decision based on intuition versus being like, oh, well, if I, you know, if I go, then X, Y, Z will happen. Or, you know, if I don't go, X, Y, Z won't happen or will happen. You know, there's just like, I don't have to kind of get involved into those um, scenarios because I can, when I'm in that mode, like I can be very plugged in and very attuned to it and very aware of it to where I'm getting those messages pretty easily. And I'm able to use that as like magnetism. Like what is it pulling me towards? Is it physically pulling me towards doing this thing or saying yes to this opportunity or, you know, whatever it is, or is it like literally repelling you? (laughs) Yeah. It's pushing you away from it. It's giving you the icky feelings. It's giving you the weird emotions. Like, so it's easier to discern it when you're, when you are in a calmer state, but it's really hard when you're already in a fear state of mind or emotion to discern the two. Because you're so wrapped up in that, you're so in your swirling head. vortex of like fight or flight, and that kicks in all your lizard brain and all the things, right? So you have to find a way to bring yourself into a space where you can then discern between the two. Because when you are resonating in fear, intuition is like it might as well just be muted. Like you cannot hear it. Yeah, at all. you're not going to be able to. So hear you it. have to be able to to bring it down back to a place where you're centered and you're calm or you're taking breaths or you're, you know, able to clear your head just a little bit, then it has a clear voice. And again, it's not very loud. 
Unless you're like Sometimes straight it can up be. fucking <laughs> ignoring it and it's like kicking down your fucking exactly. door. Exactly, like, screaming. You know, but in the beginning stages of it, it's it's pretty gentle. Yeah. And I think that gentleness being that it also is moving you from a place of love, fear, not coming from love. I mean, it's coming from... Fear. Wherever it comes from. <laughs> Fear. <laughs> Wherever that, you know, ingrained emotion is from, you know, that we're born with. It's like, you know, the basic, basic ones to keep us alive, right? right? So it's when your survival skills are kicking in to run from the bear that's trying to eat you or the lion that's chasing you and all that thing. Like, we've all heard that analogy, but. I mean, that's all valid, but that's not sure. what it is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, like the bear is not chasing you if you're going to go to, you know, a certain event or something. Like there's no bear that's going to get you, but your brain doesn't know the difference between the two. So it's also having the awareness and being, you know, again, 30,000 foot view of I can take a step back. I can look at this from the holistic perspective and not get pulled into the swirling vortex of... Anxiety, fear, freaking out, racing thoughts, loop thoughts, etc. Yeah, for sure. And I think something interesting that you that you touched on, but that I'll go ahead and elaborate on just a little bit, is intuition does not intellectualize, right? Like it's it's not an in your brain thing. Like you can't rationalize intuition it's totally different so if you find yourself like <laughs> i mean this phrase but if you find yourself mentally mental masturbation over something like you keep <laughs> swimming around over and over in your head and you're obsessing about it in your head you know understand that that's not intuition that is your brain and likely a fear response trying to take over you know, trying to help you rationalize it so you feel safe. Yep. And anytime you're trying to feel safe, that means you're not inherently safe, or at least that's not what your brain is registering. So it's pretty safe, <laughs> pardon the pun, it's pretty safe to put that into the fear-based category. Mm-hmm. So intuition is not intellectualizing a decision or information. It is a pure receipt of that information. It doesn't have to be, intuition doesn't have to be processed. It's intuition and the information stands as it's given. It doesn't have to be analyzed in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. It's clear. It's clear. Yeah. So has there been an instance recently for you where you were having a difficult time discerning, or maybe you've made like a fear-based decision that didn't turn out very well recently that you want to share about. I know I've I've had one relatively recently, but if you'd like if you have anything that you wanted to you know, that you wanted to share. So I teeter back and forth, right? Like and this goes into a little bit of the yoga world and talking about the doshas and states of being, right? So there's vata, pitta, and kappa, right? Yep. And I don't know how to like get this wrapped up in like a 10-second explanation, <laughs> but three states of being. Um, vata being associated with like air and pitta, fire, 
kappa earth, right? So it's kind of like blanket it like that. Yeah, makes more sense. I think sense, that's right? a simplified okay. way of saying that, yes. So your two states of being are like what you were when you were born, what your your state was, and then kind of like your current state of wherever you are now. And they're pretty closely related. They don't shift too much. Me personally, always been super high vata. So like air, creativity, cold, things like that. Cold, not in like an emotional sense, but just like I'm physically cold like all the time. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Right? So to me, what I associate that with is also like anxiety and fear and like a feeling of unrest or not being grounded. Mm-hmm. And so I know for me personally, when I'm not feeling grounded and my vata is through the fucking roof, I can't make decisions based on intuition because my fear and my anxiety and my monkey brain, as you, as you put it, I was like, oh my God, I'm monkey brain like <laughs> all the time. But I know when it's really high and I'm not taking the time to ground myself, I don't make decisions based on intuition because I can't even hear my intuition. Yeah. It's so muted that my vata, and I had a teacher explain it to me, like vata is a bully. And it is. It's a bully for letting anything else in. And it can keep you in that state of mind. I have to work really hard to balance that out and bring it down so that my fear and my anxiety and that chattering and that raciness is not making up a thousand different scenarios based on one little tiny decision. And I can't make a decision based in fear because one, it's paralyzing. Think about when you're like really scared, like you, you're frozen, like you can't move, right? Yeah. So I have to make a conscious effort to get myself grounded, quiet my brain, quiet that monkey, (laughs) put some duct tape on the monkey's mouth and like, you know, give it some bananas and go have a snack. But fear likes to go have, I like to give my fear snacks. (laughs) Go have a break. You need cookies, (laughs) you need bananas, like what kind of snacks do you need? Like go have a seat and watch your show and have your, you know, your banana and just chill out because like it can get so riled up mm-hmm. and keep me from making any decision, even a small, even the smallest thing. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to a big decision, i.e. what do I want to do with my life? What do I, what's my next move? <laughs> um, what am, what's my purpose? You know, all of those big questions. I can't even begin to tap into that because it's so, it's so, yeah, it's so muted. So. Yeah, that's really, it's interesting. And I, I'm going to make a quick refer- reference to the tarot with this because in the tarot, um, the suit of swords, which is associated with intellectual abilities and taking action and um, very like like cerebral stuff, like in the head, right? Like, it's very vata. It's, ve- it's very vata, but the element that's associated with the swords and tarot is air and that's associating you know the brain or being in your head with air is is very appropriate and I just think it's a cool kind of link to make there and just being aware like especially for you who's heavily vata that acknowledging that and then you know really focusing on bringing that 
bringing that back down with regards to intuition, because again, intuition is not being in your head. It's kind of, it's the opposite of that, right? It's not a engineered brain process, right? It's not, it's very much a, it's an inherent knowing. It's not a brain generated knowing. I thought I'd throw that in there because it's interesting to look at. It totally is. And I feel like (laughs) fear is the one like putting nasty notes on your locker. (laughs) Yeah. It's the mean kid at school. It is. It's a total dick. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's it's, trying to keep you alive, but it's going about it the most. Yeah. It just mean way possible. Yeah. It's like tough love to the like nth degree that it just is, it sucks. But like, yeah, no, I love that. And I love also thinking about, them being opposites, right? So if fear is kind of up in your head and sort of, you know, that airiness quality to it, you know, like wind and like, you know, even like the racing, like the racing of wind or like when wind hits you in the face really hard, you know, like how that kind of that bite is. Yeah. And intuition being like a very grounded, like very centered, like at your root, at your core, it's, it's stable, it's consistent, it's clear, it's calm, it's heavy, but not like in weight, just heavy in groundedness. Groundedness, yes. And when you can come to that state, and that's where like physically sitting in lotus or, you know, like literally grounding your body, putting two feet on the ground, go stand in the grass, whatever, when you can embody that groundedness that's when that voice is like all right here you go here's the answer yeah this is what I've been trying to tell you and you're like oh yeah it's um it's almost like giving your your intuition a space to breathe like Mm -hmm. it has the room the levelness needed to deliver itself to you right you can't it's very difficult to receive something if you don't have a stable hand to receive it in, mm-hmm. right? And it's almost opposite. Like you can't go to intuition's door and just be like, hey, 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 yeah. banging on the door. Like, hey, It hello, doesn't work that hi, way either. Hey, when you listen, I have a question. I have a question. Can you answer my question? It's like, nah, bitch, you need to fucking calm just down. Calm Come down. back to me when you calm down. Like, then we can have a talk. But like right now, no, it's not going to happen. You're, you're not, you're not a place to receive what I have to tell you anyways. So you've got to bring it down a thousand, come back to me when you're chilled out, and then we'll have a talk. But until then, it's not happening. Yeah. I think it's also important to acknowledge that sometimes, you know, our intuition indicates something that isn't really what we want to hear, so I know you were talking about like <laughs> sometimes it'll the answer will come in before you're even done ask, asking the question, right? And sometimes it's like it's something that you know that that's really important to you and carries a lot of weight and you have chosen to put a lot of stock in it. And you know, you're like you know, that 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 question and then it's like no. And you're just like, or maybe it's, you know, like, ask the question and then yes, <laughs> or, or, or it tells you, yes. You're like, man, I really don't want to do that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, but that again, that's just your fear brain kicking in. But I think it's important to be equally as open to 
processing the information after you've been open to receiving the response. Like after you receive your response, you have to be open to accepting and processing what that response is. I mean, are you going to choose to listen to it or are you going to choose to be like, well, fuck that shit. I'm just not going to listen to my intuition and go ahead and bulldoze forward. It's, it's really all in what you do with it. So in the very recent past, I ended up making a kind of important decision based out of fear. And I'm really good at discerning between intuition and fear. My issue was that um, I ended up making a fear-based decision because I didn't have trust in the process. And so it was my lack of trust in the process that ultimately I fell back on making a fear-based decision. And lo and behold, as I went through this experience with this decision that I made, I quickly had to back myself out of it. And it's not worth not listening to your intuition because it can you can end up spending a lot of energy either backing something out or dealing with um, fallout from fear-based decisions or undoing damage or causing damage to somebody else, maybe not intentionally. And it's a very, it can sometimes be, not always, of course, but it can sometimes be costly in time, energy, maybe even money to make fear-based decisions because just by inherent nature, they're not aligned with who you are. And so ultimately, even if they do maybe happen to serve you in a very, very short term, ultimately they're misaligned. So they're not going to end up serving you in the long term. And, you know, the longer you would wait after making a fear-based decision or go along with your fear-based decision, that could cause more and more expense in all of the ways, you know? So it's just not worth it. Even if, you know, you're listening to your intuition and it's answer you don't want to hear, it's best to just not argue with it because like <laughs> like you said, you know, your intuition's never wrong, right? It may not I wasn't willing to accept the answer that I got and I went against it and made the fear-based choice in my situation and it was not a favorable choice for me. A lot of things were kind of going sideways during that point in time. Um it wasn't good on any front. And had I just listened to my intuition and not fell back on a fear-based decision, I probably would have saved myself some, some energy and definitely some headache. So even if it's not what you want to hear, always go with what your intuition tells you. And if you have to take a little bit more time to process what your intuition has told you instead of just making a super quick decision then take that time. Um, sometimes we don't have the luxury of that and we have to make like on the spot, like decisions out of nowhere. And, and sometimes we just make, you know, not the most beneficial decisions for ourselves. And sometimes that happens and it's a learning experience. I'm speaking to more like you're sitting down with something and you're, you know, you're getting quiet and you're asking and you get an answer that you don't want and you decide to make a fear-based decision anyway. That's specifically what I'm speaking to here about that is it's, it's probably not the most beneficial thing to go against what your intuition has clearly told you. It's just probably not. <laughs> yeah. And it's not logical. Most of the time. No, it's not. It definitely doesn't follow any sort of logic in the realm of existence that we live in. <laughs> and it can look crazy. It can look erratic. It can look nuts to somebody on the outside being like, what are you doing? And why did you 
choose to do this or completely change that or whatever, you know, whatever path it kind of puts you on. And it can look, it can look erratic as fuck. Yeah. But that's, what's crazy about it is like, even in that, in that mode, you're like, no, I'm so grounded. And I, I just know that this is fine or it's meant for me or, you know, I'm following this, this path for a reason even though it makes no sense from the outside looking in. And sometimes yeah. even from the outside looking out, you're like, I don't fucking know. I'm just doing it because that's what feels <laughs> right and what's pulling me in that direction. Yeah. And I think sometimes even if you get in a spot where you are stuck and you're not making a decision based on fear, like, yes, you can make this decision based on fear. Yes, you cannot make this decision based on fear. But like what happens when you don't make any decision because you're stuck in fear? Your intuition is trying to move the needle. It's trying to move you in a direction, like you said, the push and the pull. Like it's trying to pull you out of that, that stuckness to propel you forward on the path that it's you know, sometimes kicking and screaming, like dragging you along too. <laughs> but yeah, at first, I mean, and it's again like looking back and saying, like, okay, what are those points in my life when I made the decision? And I'm talking more like big decisions, right? Like life changing kind of things where I made it based on intuition. I didn't make it based on fear, even though it was scary when I was going through it. Mm-hmm. It felt, you know, it was, I was fearful. And I was scared because of the circumstances, but not because I felt deep in my core that this was like what was driving me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That makes sense. So looping back to what you kind of said, like the inability to, or the fear paralysis, the inability to make a decision, but that in and of itself not making a decision is making a decision, right? And so thereby, it's... And you know that I know that you know that you know that, you know that I know. Exactly. No, it, but, but therefore, not making a decision is a fear-based decision. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's totally like a circular is. thing. So the only, you know, the only way out of making fear-based decisions is to listen to your intuition and trust, trust is the key piece here, trust that it is always accurate and always going to lead you to the most beneficial place. It's that trust piece is what, it can be the very challenging part, especially if you have any kind of issues with your with trust with yourself or with other people or your circumstances, that can be super hard. Do you put that in the same category as surrender? It can. I definitely think that there's an overlap there. I think that while surrendering can be a conscious practice, definitely, listening and acting upon your intuition is more of a trust, which is more of an active thing. Whereas surrendering is an allowance, you are releasing and allowing something. Whereas trusting is an active thing, just like loving is an active thing. I'd like to just make that distinction, but I think that that's a really good point to bring up. 
that in addition to trust, you also have to be able to surrender. I think that that's a really important piece of this. Um, and, you know, this is, this is a whole nother, you know, whole nother topic that we can, of course, dive into. But I think with regards to this specific topic of intuition, I think that the activeness of trust is what the key piece is there. Whereas surrender, while you can consciously, you know, obviously surrender to things, I think it's more of a, not passive, but a, you know, a hands-off, has a hands-off energy to it. It's almost like an, you know, with fear, like the antidote to fear would be trust. I mean, I know it's love also, but like if you're in a state of fear and you're afraid about a decision or a particular outcome, like the antidote to that is to trust. And with intuition, it's not necessarily an antidote. It's more like they're, they're sisters, not twins. Right? <laughs> like, um, like surrender and intuition kind of go hand in hand where you have to kind of like, if you're listening to your intuition, like you, there's a certain semblance of like letting go that it's all meant for you. It's all going to be okay. It's all going to work out. Where with fear, in order to kind of get out of that swirling vortex of crazy, more or less, you have to trust that... How am I trying to say this? Like, you can't be in fear and trust at the same time. But you can be in surrender and in, in your intuition at the same time. Does sure. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I kind of like to like to just touch on that just a smidge bit more. Surrender. For me, when when I guess when applying surrender to intuition, is surrender is surrendering your expectations. Mm. in letting go of your expectation because intuition, the information your intuition delivers to you may not be what you want to hear or may not be what you had expected. You know, like if you ask a question, you're like, oh, this is probably going to go this way. And then if you actually sit and listen and just allow, you know, allow it to come to you, it's the surrendering of the expectation for me when talked about with intuition. That's that's kind of how those two fit together with that. You know, that's where the surrender comes in because the activeness that we just talked about is just that. It, it's, it's activeness where this is a letting go. And mm-hmm. when I think of letting go with regards to intuition, it's it's of the expectations that may be swirling around whatever it is that you're working with. Mm, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's the cut. Yeah. Want a treat? Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you remember that? Love that. Yes. Meme? <laughs> it's so dumb. It's great. It's on repeat for like three hours straight on YouTube. Um, Want a treat? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It totally is. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to chew on that for a while. 
Yeah. Expectations are something that I've worked a lot with in my life. And because for a lot of my life, it's been something I've held for myself. Like I have really high expectations of myself and I have tended in the past to hold really high expectations of everybody else around me. I don't care what level you're at. I don't care who you are. It's like, if you're not the same level as Kate, then, you know, then you're going to be a disappointment inherently. Yeah, you can fuck right <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. Well, but you know, I've, I, I, I don't operate in that space anymore. I know. Um, I don't. And it, but it took a really long time for me to, to figure out how, and then experiencing the benefit of letting go of expectations of particularly others. I'm still working on letting go of expectations for myself. That will probably be a lifelong process. Um, but specifically of others, recognizing that no one else is me. I'm the only me that there is. There's nobody else that's going to operate in the exact same manner or have the same exact priorities or have the exact same skill set or have the same abilities as I do. So me expecting somebody to operate within my same parameters, I finally just realized is that's that's insane. Like that's stupid as fuck because nobody is me. And so once you can grasp that and truly internalize that, hey, no one else is you, and if you're holding other people to you standards, that's going to end up in a lot of disappointment. And it doesn't just apply to upholding others to your standards, but what about the standards that you either consciously or subconsciously have like placed upon other people? Like, oh, hey, there's this guy I'm dating and he's supposed to be my boyfriend. And, you know, in my brain, my expectations of what my boyfriend should look like should be that. And it may not be something that you consciously do, but on a subconscious level, you're still holding that person to that set of expectations. And that is going to, that's not going to end up at anything but frustration on your end and disappointment and really treating somebody in this particular example a boyfriend like that's treating them unfairly because they're not you and they didn't set those expectations it's like you've imposed or projected this set of you know how you need or want them to be on them and then when they don't meet that you're getting mad at them it's like what the fuck right do you have to do that to somebody else and once i started to figure that out a lot of things shifted for me and you know releasing expectations on other people and just allowing them to show up can sometimes be one of the one of the most rewarding things because that person you're reframing your attention on what are the positive, amazing benefits that that person naturally bring to you instead of focusing on, well, oh, well, they didn't do such and such, and I feel like offended because they didn't do such and such. Why not reframe that and be like, oh, well, I'm not going to hold expectations over this person's head. I'm not going to project my expectations on them. Let's see what they bring to the table. What an amazing gift that is. Like, 
And I've noticed my relationships greatly shift since I've stopped taking things personally and not taking other people's actions as an affront and kind of dropped the expectation there. And people, now some people have just kind of gone by the wayside, but others, like the ones that are, you know, they're really close to me. And since I've kind of taken that hands-off expectation approach, like I'm not, you know, projecting that shit on them anymore. They've actually, in my eyes, they've bloomed into something totally fucking different. And the ways that they're not homogenous through my lenses, the way that they're individuals and have and have showed up to my perception differently because I haven't projected my perception onto them has been really quite fucking cool to see, hey, this person is actually like this. They're not like this. Like, hey, this person does do these amazing things that I never saw with my homogenized glasses on before. My my homogenized glasses of expectation, we'll just call them. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's It's really quite amazing when you can take your hands off and just, here we go again, and just be a witness, right? Witness what somebody's going to do. Witness what they what they want to offer you. Witness how they navigate through your life. Mm-hmm. It can be it can be really eye-opening and it's for sure going to shift relationships because you're changing the way you're engaging with those people. Such a good reminder as a parent. Oh wow, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Because the idea of kind of being a shepherd, not this is a carbon copy of you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is not just like a genetic soup output of you and your <laughs> your um, counterpart. Yeah. <laughs> However it got there. Yeah. Um, and being a mom, like, and going through the birthing process, like, you literally are a connection point from some other realm to this earth side. Yes, right? the material, like, yeah. You are this, you're a portal, more or less. I mean, for simple explanation of it, right? And it's not that you didn't take part, and this is a big like surrender thing too, right? When you're growing a human alien baby inside of you, you're completely surrendered to all things that are happening to make that happen. But what I'm getting at is this being is coming through you. They're not, and yes, they do have genetic you know, makeup that is a part of them from your, you know, lineage and things like that. But putting the expectations on them that they will be and think and act and interpret and feel the same way about our existence as you do, or even a small thing, just yeah, I love that kind of taking off your, what do you call them, the HGEs, the homogenized <laughs> glasses of expectation <laughs> off to to truly see them for who and what they are. And and yeah, like you're, they're part of your family and, and a part of you in some capacity, but like they're their own fucking people. Yeah. They're their own people. They're having their own experience. Your job not necessarily being to impose your expectation of what their life experience is going to be, but to be more of a shepherd and place them in a place where they can have opportunity to help them grow in whatever that looks like for them. 
And it's real easy to get caught up in your expectations of your children, especially the older they get, right? Like when they're little, it's a little, it's not so much, but as they grow and they get older, you know, your, your vision in your head of what your children are going to be like and you expect them to be, and even thinking of yourself as a child, right? Like in your parents' eyes, what expectation they had on you and you being your own person and you having your own experience and you having your own interpretation of your existence and being reminded of that just really hit because... Yeah, it's it's just a good reminder. You know, we try to parent and be conscious of that and, and try to shepherd our kids as best that we can, you know? But sometimes you're just like, fuck, like, can you just fucking do the thing, right? Because it, it, like, drives you nuts. But that's only because it's my expectation of it. Yeah. It's my interpretation of how these things should be, you know, sitting down. And I'll just be – I'll give you a real-life example. Sitting down for dinner – when we have dinner together, like in my head, I'm like, everyone sits down, you know, we all eat at a normal pace. We're everyone talking has to each lovely other conversation. Smiling and-, <laughs> and then we clear the table and the kitchen is clean when it's all said and done. And that is my expectation going into it. And then, you know, like two seconds in, one is standing on top of the table, throwing food at the dog. The dog's licking the floor. The other dog is like, you know, trying to eat food off the table. The other kid is dribbling a basketball, bouncing around the kitchen, throwing it into the wall, into the door, into the ceiling, knocking shit over. And, you know, I'm sitting there just like trying to eat my food and like keep it together. And then some, you know, Andrew's just in the mix of it all too. And it's just, it's utter fucking chaos. Yeah. And it drives me nuts. I'm like, why can't you fucking people <laughs> just sit down and eat a goddamn meal and like talk and whatever. And like, AJ, tell me about your day. And he's like, it was good. And I'm like, oh, like you need a little more than that. Like I have to ask the right questions. Like I can't ask how was your day? I have to ask what happened today. Yeah. Because if I don't ask it in that way, like I get one word answers, but yeah, it's my expectation around like, oh, dinner time should be like this. And it never is. Like no. it never fucking is. And it's only me left feeling like stupid and frustrated and just like <laughs> so irritated to fuck because I'm like, you people are not doing the thing that I need. I just, you know, I need you to sit down and eat dinner in a normal way and take, you know, the time to, to be together and do this. And like we're all together, but it's just like it's fucking chaos. Yeah. And, you know... A reminder of that as well of like, just fucking like, let it go. It doesn't matter. It's fine. There shouldn't be any expectation. Is everyone getting food in their mouth? Okay, great. <laughs> that should be my only expectation. Everybody's like, fed. Are we, your we're basic, accomplished for tonight. Are your basic done. fucking needs met? Then we're good, you know? So... Well, That's like a silly example of it, but I think but it, it's a very real example it of is. it. And it's it a very down to earth, real example of exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And it yeah. translates further into that, right? With, you know, a relationship with a partner or a relationship with parents or friends or coworkers or clients or colleagues or any of that, right? Like your expectation of what this person should do and be and say and act and, and be to you. 
and that's kind of that old adage of like, well, if you don't like something, it's just because you're seeing something you don't like in yourself, right? Like, and you're like, fuck off with that because yeah, like, because, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> right? But if you think about it in that lens, it's like my expectation of this person to meet this need isn't being met. I'm the one left feeling frustrated about it, right? right? Like it's, and I think about um, our dearly departed Carrie Fisher, who I loved very much. She was amazing. But she had this thing where she said, like, you know, resentment is, I don't know if she said it, but it was, like, in one of her her one-man show kind of thing. And she's like, resentment is, like, drinking poison and wishing for the other person to die. Yeah. And I almost feel like expectation kind of falls into that camp because it's like, I'm getting so worked up about this thing, expecting you to have whatever experience that I'm putting out there, projecting onto you. And when you're not fulfilling my expectation, like I'm left with the fucking emotion of it. Right. It's only damaging you. Right. But I think the, um, there's an important piece of this to also embrace and really an honor and really look at as well. So why is it that you need or have XYZ expectation? Just because you're having it doesn't make it bad. Because you sit down and you eat your dinner together. <laughs> <laughs> well, but why is that an, why is that important to you? Why, if you trace that lineage back, why is that so important to you that you that you have that expectation and it hurts or you're disappointed when that expectation doesn't get met? And this is where you can loop this back around to intuition is sitting with that. What is the real peel the onion? What is the real reason? How far does that go back into? What's the why behind the why? Why that disappointment occurs when you hold that expectation? Why do you why do you hold that expectation? Where does that disappointment lie? And then sit with that and allow your intuition to bring that back to you because it will. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. that's a deep circular process to work through Fuck right yeah, there. It is. <laughs> so that's definitely That's a do you want to pull on this thread? <laughs> yeah. Question. Yeah. Undo the sweater. It, yeah. How far how far do you want to destroy the sweater? The sweater song. Pull this thread as I walk away. That's or sit right. in my sweater yarn ball. Either way, whatever. <laughs> Good old Weezer. Yeah, Words Weezer. of wisdom. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it totally... Ooh, yeah. Yeah. It totally is that. Yeah. Yeah. On any level, right? I'm, yes! About anything. I know, I like, know well, about anything. Fuck, <laughs> now my expectation about like this. I'm like, well, where is that coming from? Yeah. But if it's... and I, But I think there's a... There's a there's a dividing line here, right? Yes, like, for sure. For the stuff that's really potent for you. Like if it's a really deep-rooted expectation that you have, let's say that your partner, it's really important to you and you hold them to the expectation that they'll call you whenever they get somewhere, like to make sure that they're safe. Well, there's a reason why you expect that to happen because you want to know they're safe. Well, why do you want to know they're safe? Well, it could be any myriad of reasons. Maybe you've been lied to before. Maybe you've been cheated on. Maybe you had something horrible happen to somebody that was important to you. It could be a number of things. But rewinding that back, okay, I have this expectation because I was lied to 
in a previous relationship. Okay, so let's unpack that now. Like what trauma is still left over from that causing that expectation that you're bringing it forward into your current reality? And that's how you would go back and work through and dig through that. Like if it's really something that you feel very strongly about, that's an actual, when an expectation turns into a need, or maybe those lines are just a little bit blurred, whether you're not sure it's an expectation or need, like dig back and, and really figure out where, where that came from. And that's going to be a, you know, a practice in distinguishing your intuition from your fear because expectations and sometimes even needs can arise out of fear or fear-based something that's happened to you in the past. And then that's where you would you would go back and discern the difference between fear and your intuition. Why is it that you that you're holding these expectations? Is there a fear that's under there? Is there trauma you need to look at? What is it? What is it that you need to process to be able to let go or release the expectations that you have of others. Today we discussed how to discern your intuition from fear and how surrendering expectations can allow us to engage our intuition more effectively. We'd love to know what kind of indicators help you clearly evaluate which is which. Until then... Stay effin' magical. Ready to create more magic? For additional episodes and insights, go to effinalchemy.com. E-F-F-I-N-A-L-C-H-E-M-Y.com.